Welcome to Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with researcher, author, lecturer, counselor, and coach, Jeff Schott. Jeff has written Influential Parenting, a comprehensive program designed to help parents become important influencers in guiding their kids to success. He also wrote the book, Going, Going, Gone, about kids departing the faith they were raised in. Learn more about the program and the book at revivefamily.com. Welcome back to Revive Family's Connecting Hearts. I'm Jeff Schott, the founder of Revive Family and the author of Influential Parenting and Going, Going, Gone. Revive Family's all about helping families achieve their dream of being a close, connected, fun, cooperative family. This is the time of year for many of us as parents that we start to realize Oh my goodness, it's not long before my kid heads off to college. And today we're going to be talking about a topic that I think every parent should tune into because we need to start the preparation for this long before high school. For our family, we began sometime around the age of nine years old. We're going to be talking about the transition to college. Why do we need to begin so early at nine years old? Because we want our kids to be ready to hit campus, ready for life on their own, to make great decisions, to stay connected to the faith, to stay connected to their family and not let the influences of the world pull them away. And for us, that meant we needed to start at about nine years old. Now, for parents that are maybe a lot closer to the college transition, their kids, a freshman, sophomore, junior, or even a senior in high school, there's great things you can do to help make sure your kid has a better transition than so many of the kids I talk to in the research. When I'm out talking to kids about the college transition and what they encountered in their freshman year, especially in their first weeks on campus, their first semester on campus, I'm always shocked. I always run into so many kids who got into things, who experienced trauma, hurt, and deep wounds that their parents never hear about. In fact, I'll never forget when we first started the research and I took a prototype video of our Be Prepared video to a college ministry at Arizona State University to see if it accurately reflected what they had encountered in their transition to college. And unfortunately, that video was filled with a sexual assault, drinking too much, waking up in the hospital, slipping away, getting a fake ID, all of these stories. And when the video finished playing, they gave it a standing ovation. And I said, wow, I've never seen a video get a standing ovation. Why did you applaud? And the first girl to share broke down crying. The second girl got about two sentences out of her mouth and broke down crying. The third person to share was a guy who got about five sentences out of his mouth and he broke down crying. And I called time out and the ministry leaders in the room were shocked. And I said, how many of you went through something like this in your freshman year, in your first weeks on campus? And over 75% of the hands in the room went up. That tells me our kids aren't ready and they're getting hurt in the transition. And that's why we have to take the college transition way more seriously than we have been. And why, whether we have a nine-year-old or we have a 17-year-old, we need to take the time to think about the college transition and what we need to do to help set our kids up to succeed when they leave our homes. Having dropped two of my four kids off on the college campus, I can tell you for certain that many parents, when they drop their kids off on campus, are filled with worry, concern, and sadness. But there is another option. We can be filled with peace, 
promise and yes also sadness why sadness because a phase of parenting has come to an end and we're dropping our kid off on college campus and it's natural to have that sadness of my goodness a phase of my life with my child is over but the difference between worry and concern and peace and promise is huge and for Didi and I we had that peace and promise where so many of the parents around us and all of both my girls roommates parents were were sweating it out they were worried they were concerned they were asking me questions about my research the reason for that is they down inside weren't sure their kids were ready they weren't confident that their kids would make good decisions. They weren't confident that their kids would set the right priorities and put the work in without them there to nag them, pressure them, uh, to keep them going. So if you want to enjoy dropping your kid off on the college campus like Dee Dee and I did, as opposed to be sweating it out with worry and concern like so many of the parents around us, I highly recommend you take some time and listen to the rest of this program. What makes the difference between worry and concern and peace and promise when we drop our kids off on the college campus? It's really the confidence we have in our kid and the confidence they have in themselves. The confidence we have in our kid is based upon, have we seen them make good decisions? Or do we know that they're ready to manage their life, their time, their priority, their money, all of these different factors that can snag kids in the college transition and do they have confidence in themselves? Because what we found in the research was the kids that had confidence in themselves and felt positive about their ability to make new friends and had a direction, a purpose for going off to college and even a goal in mind for a future career did far better in the transition because they were less likely to be moved by the stress, change, sadness, and loneliness that students encounter when they leave home for the first time and they're in a room with roommates that they don't know. Now let's talk about what we can do as parents to set our kids up to transition well, whether we have a 9-year-old or a 17-year-old. And for me, there's five key things that we need to consider as parents to get our kids ready to leave home that we can have confidence in them and they can have confidence in themselves. The five things we're going to look at are also in a blog that will soon be up on our site at revivefamily.com if you want to dig into this further. The five areas are developing decision-making, involving the Holy Spirit, building internal confidence, self-management, and awareness of what is ahead. These are the five things that when students have all of these pieces in place, the odds of them going off track in the college transition, whether they're on a Christian campus or a secular campus, is important because kids go off track in both environments. The first of these five points is developing decision-making skills in our kids. This one is essential. Jennifer, my daughter at Northern Arizona University, is literally surrounded by so many students that struggle to make decisions. And we don't just want our kids to be able to make decisions, but we want them to be able to make good decisions. Our kids' ability to make good decisions is vital when they hit campus because they're in a pressure-packed situation. They're facing a level of loneliness that they've probably never encountered before. There's stress, there's change, there's pressure. And in that, many kids, when they hit the college campus, struggle to make good decisions because they're trying to get rid of these uncomfortable feelings, which is what drives them to get involved in things very quickly on campus that are actually counterproductive to their success. 
And one of the reasons that kids are struggling to make good decisions on their own is that oftentimes we as parents try to make too many decisions for our kids. We do it because we're concerned about our kids. We want to protect our kids. We want to keep our kids from failure and harm. But what we lose in that is are we preparing them to make good decisions on their own? Unfortunately, today on campus, many parents are trying to overcome the lack of preparation and their lack of confidence in their kids by using texts to manage their kids from a distance. They're texting them to wake them up. They're texting them to make sure they're doing their homework. They're texting them and asking what assignments they have to do. And unfortunately, what we're finding is this is driving kids crazy often causing them to lie to their parents. And in this, they start feeling worse about themselves and often head further in the wrong direction. This is the reason we need to prepare our kids to make decisions. And to me, this starts at a very young age. I know from my little guy, Eric, who's now 11, that this has been one of his struggles. He likes to please people. He wants to make others feel good. And as a result of that, oftentimes he will hedge making a decision to see what everybody else around him wants to do. Obviously, this is great because he cares and he's sensitive, but that could get him into trouble when he heads off to college. Because if he's trying to please everybody around him and everybody wants to go do X, he needs to be prepared to make a good decision on his own. And that's one of the things we've been working on is, okay, Eric, I know you want to see what everybody in the family wants to watch in terms of a movie tonight on our Friday night pizza night, but you need to make the decision and you should see the torture he goes through. One of the great ways we can help our kids learn to make good decisions as they get older, age 9, 10, 11, 12, great time to start implementing this, is asking them questions instead of telling them what to do or preventing them from doing something and saying, no, you can't do it, is to, hey, let's sit down and talk about this and ask them questions. Questions hijack their brain and force them to actually stop and think about it. And here's some categories of questions that I've found really helpful in causing our kids to think things through and to come to good decisions on their own, where I didn't have to play the heavy and say, no, you can't do that. But I led them through a thought process that caused them to come to their own conclusion that was very consistent with what I would have told them at the outset. The categories of questions I like to ask are like this, questions that draw out the positives and negatives of a decision, how the different decisions they could make would benefit them or could harm them, how the decision they make will affect the way they feel about themselves and their internal confidence in their future, if the decisions they are considering making are consistent with their own goals for their life today and for their future, and will the short-term decision set them up for long-run success in their future family and career? It's these latter categories where we get them thinking about the future, and if they start down a road today, is that consistent with where they want to end up? Will that help them have a great marriage and build a great family? Those are the questions that often cause them to stop, think, ask some clarifying questions themselves, and then result in them making a good decision. Our kids' ability to make great decisions in the face of pressure is essential. We'll be back to talk more about building kids that make great decisions and the other four areas that will help our kids make great college transitions in just a few minutes. Hey, at times, we as parents all have questions. Even I have questions. That's why I do a lot of this research. 
And I'd love to hear from you, love to hear your questions that you would like us to address on air. If you go to revivefamily.com forward slash radio, that's revivefamily.com forward slash radio, right there at the beginning of the page is a place you can submit a question. We won't use your name on air unless you want us to. It's entirely confidential, but we would love to address the issues you would like us to on this radio program and podcast. Thank you. We appreciate your help. Welcome back to Revive Families Connecting Hearts. And today we're talking about that college transition and starting to prepare our kids as early as age nine to make great decisions. And we've been talking about the essential nature of asking questions. But for us to do this effectively, we need to step back, resist the temptation to make decisions for our kids. This is in our society today where we don't feel safe, where we're concerned about what our kids can get into, and where pressure to have successful kids is so high, is really difficult. We want to make the decisions for our kids as opposed to taking the time, having the patience to lead them through a thought process by asking them questions to help them come to great decisions on their own. I found that when we take an open hand with our kids and let them know that we're going to allow them to start making important, vital decisions about their lives, they stop and take it more seriously. They allow us to ask the questions and they take it seriously because they know now they have the responsibility. They know now that they can't rely on you to protect them, that they need to start learning to protect themselves. And that's such a vital lesson for kids that head off to a college campus on their own. They need to know how to protect themselves. What's been fun is to hear from parents who I've helped begin to ask questions and to allow their kids to make important decisions. And they're always surprised when they start asking these questions, their kids' answers are better thought through than they thought. And they see them coming to good conclusions on their own. And it brings a sense of confidence and peace into their lives. Where there was worry, they now start to see, wow, my kid is better put together than I thought. Wow, I can have these conversations with them and they will make good decisions. And it takes so much pressure off as a parent. If we want our kids to do well when they leave home and head off to the college campus, they have to be able to make good decisions in difficult, pressure-packed situations on their own. The only way they're going to get there is if we start working with them, coming alongside them, asking them questions, and allowing them to make difficult decisions, pressure-packed decisions when they're in our homes. The second area I want to talk about in getting our kids ready to leave home successfully is one that isn't talked about a lot, but it's involving the Holy Spirit in our homes, in the way we parent, in the way we interact with our kids. Why is this so important? It's the Holy Spirit that will actually go with our kids from our homes onto the college campus. And if we've been honoring him and pointing our kids to the Holy Spirit while they're being raised in our homes, then they know how to respond, listen, and follow the guidance of the Holy Spirit when they leave our homes, which is vital when they hit the college campus and they're feeling all that stress, change, and loneliness. If that still quiet voice is saying it's going to be okay, you don't need to jump into this first thing that's going to accept you, and they're listening to that voice, our kids have a better shot at avoiding the pitfalls that many students get trapped in when they hit the college campus. 
When I began to involve the Holy Spirit in parenting in my home, it was fascinating. What I discovered is that the Spirit really was convicting my kids. When they did something wrong, when they lied, or when they made a mistake, they knew it. And they felt the conviction of the Spirit. They felt guilty. And what an amazing discovery that was for me as a parent. Why? Because I didn't have to play the heavy anymore. The Holy Spirit was convicting my kids. And, by the way, the Holy Spirit's the change agent as well, not me. So I don't even need to manufacture the change. The Holy Spirit can do that if we'll honor Him in our homes. Helping my kids then learn to respond to the Spirit, to that conviction, going back and making things right with their sibling or with their mom or with their dad or with their teacher at school was a powerful lesson and far harder than any consequence I could have issued. But it was being driven by the sense that they knew they had done something wrong and the conviction of the Spirit had them feeling guilty. And this is an incredible tool because it allows us as parents to step back and to have the freedom to ask those questions we talked about related to teaching our kids to make decisions. One of the questions I love to ask my kids after I've caught them in a fib is, hey, how are you feeling about yourself right now? Do you feel better about yourself or do you feel worse about yourself? Do you feel guilty? And they always do. And then that leads to the discussion about making good decisions and how that leads to success. And how people trust those who are honest, and they start to distance and doubt those that lie to them. And all of these conversations lead to kids that stay sensitive to the Spirit and begin to evaluate their decisions differently because they know what the conviction of the Holy Spirit feels like, and they know what it takes to make a relationship right after they've made a mistake. This teaches our kids to listen to the Holy Spirit, to respond to his conviction. And what it says in Scripture, what Jesus says, is that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin and of righteousness. So he can guide them to make the right decisions, and he can convict them when they make the wrong decisions. And if our kids are responding to that, it's much more likely that they're going to do really well when they head off on their own, whether it be in college, the military, it doesn't matter where they're headed, and it'll serve them really well when they get married and have kids of their own. The third thing we can do as parents to help prepare our kids to leave home and have a successful college transition is to build up their internal confidence. The thing that rang the loudest in the research with 2,000 kids related to the college transition that I personally talked to was the fact that the kids that were confident in who they were understood themselves, did far better in the college transition. They avoided all of the pitfalls because they knew that they didn't need that to feel good about themselves, to feel better when they were feeling a bit lonely or they were dealing with stress and challenges on the college campus that they hadn't encountered before. It makes sense. If students hit campus uncertain about themselves, it makes the transition itself more uncertain and stressful. It leads students to being willing to jump into the first thing that accepts them and helps them escape their self-doubt and the negative, lonely feelings of the college transition. Building kids who have a healthy internal confidence related to themselves and their ability to enter new situations requires patience, grace, self-control, things that can be challenging, I know, even for me as a parent. It's so easy to focus on our kids' weaknesses as we try to help them avoid failures and problems. Unfortunately, I've found that the focus 
on what their weaknesses are, the issues in their lives, erodes our kids' internal belief that they can make good decisions and actually that they can change. Like many of us, kids beat themselves up when they make mistakes, especially if we keep reminding them or doubting them because of past mistakes. This is the reason it's so important to move from focusing on the negative in our kids to the positive. The only way we're going to build kids that believe that they can enter new things and do well is if we get behind them and we're more on the encouraging side of the equation than on the focus on weaknesses and issues in their lives. I've found that building my kids' confidence happens when we start to encourage them in what they're doing and especially who they are. When we help them process failures in a positive way so that they learn from them and believe they can move forward successfully and believe they can change. If they keep encountering negative things related to their failures, they become negative about themselves and this destroys internal self-confidence. I've also found that my kids became more confident in themselves as we allowed them to make those decisions and we helped them process and come to good decisions on their own. Another way we can build confidence is to help them come to understand themselves in terms of their personality type, their strengths and weaknesses, and especially ways that they can begin to overcome and defeat those weaknesses practically in their lives. We need to help them do this in middle school and high school so that they're ready to handle their weaknesses and not be stressed out and overwhelmed when they hit the college campus. A confident kid who believes in themselves and in their future is far less likely to be distracted from their faith and their future when they arrive on campus. Fourth area that's vital to work on to set our kids up to succeed when they leave our homes is self-management. Self-management is exactly what it sounds like, as opposed to us managing our kids in their lives and their decisions and when they do homework and when they go to bed. It's them learning to manage their own lives. It just makes sense. If they can't manage their own lives in our homes and we drop them off on campus, how are they going to manage their life successfully on campus? It blows my mind that we get here as parents, but it happens all the time. We get so focused on our kids' success today and preventing failure and harm today that we forget the vital nature of them needing to be able to manage their own lives when they leave our homes and hit the college campus. Kids that have managed money on their own have had their own checking accounts like our kids around age 10, 11, 12, who had a budget to spend and had to learn to manage that. Kids who were managing their own homework time, their own priorities, their own social decisions, their own schedules like ours have been led to do, do better when they leave home because they're not stressed out about time management and priority management and all these details that kids tell me when I'm sitting there with them on the college campus. They're going, oh my goodness, you know, I procrastinate. I have a hard time setting priorities. I'm not doing well in school. I talk to class valedictorians that struggle when they head off to college because their parents were so involved in managing their lives and helping them succeed. And now they're on their own. So self-management, it needs to start around age nine and 10. Give them one thing at a time to start self-managing, whether that be providing them X amount of money a month to live on, to buy clothes and to do haircuts. You can pick the area you want to begin with, but making decisions and making their own decisions related to their lives, their schedules, their friends, 
all vital things to learn before they leave our homes. Self-management sets our kids up to succeed. And finally, the fifth area is making our kids aware of what's really ahead. Every high school senior I talked to believed leaving home would be easy. Every college freshman I talked to said it was way harder and way lonelier than they anticipated. Opening our kids' eyes to this reality is essential so that they're ready and they have the right mindset going in and aren't just swayed by the overwhelming stress, change, and loneliness that can hit them and cause them to go down roads they never planned to venture down. There's so much more I'd like to talk about related to these five areas and even other areas that can help our kids be set up to succeed when they leave our homes. But in this area of making them aware, let me offer you our free Be Prepared DVD. If you go to our site and use the contact us and provide your address, I'll be happy to send you a copy of Be Prepared for free today. It's a video of college students talking about the loneliness and the stress and the bad decisions they made on campus, and it gets their eyes open. I would also recommend our product Succeed, which is a full preparation series that's great for juniors and seniors in high school. It Each session talks about an area where kids have struggled in the transition. It starts with a college student video talking about those issues so that they're open to listening. And parents tell me it creates amazing conversations between they and their kids when they sit down and watch the Succeed preparation series together. Thanks so much for joining us for Revive Families Connecting Hearts. We hope that this has been valuable, and we'll be back next week with more helpful information for parents that want to raise great kids and have positive, happy, cooperative families. That's it for this edition of Revive Family Parenting in the 21st Century with Jeff Schott. We'll return soon with another program designed to help you become a wiser, more effective, more influential parent. Jeff's website is revivefamily.com. Parenting in the 21st Century is produced in association with Faith Radio. Jeff Schott is a pastoral counselor and coach. He is not a licensed healthcare professional. What you've heard is not a substitute for seeking professional medical or psychological support.